And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm trying to build a stadium. What? Yeah, big, huge, like arena, stadium, something big. Um, I for heard esports. Is... No, it's not for the podcast, dude. Oh. We only need a closet to record that. But I heard esports is huge right now. You know, we had we had the guys from high school esports on a couple hundred episodes ago, and the industry just keeps growing and growing and growing. So I'm going to build an arena. I think we'll call it the full scale arena. I don't know. I'm not really sure. You know, today's episode is brought. Well, today's episode is brought to you by fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. So because I have this strong desire to build this massive, I mean, we're, this is big, Matt. This is going to be even bigger than, well, we'll probably fill it up with a live podcast, but I had to bring in Jake Zen. He's the co-founder of Esports Supply. You can go to esportssupply.com and learn more about him. But I had to bring someone in that's that's used to building esports facilities. So, Jake, welcome, and please help me with my problem. Hey, man. Uh, glad to be here. Appreciate the, uh, appreciate the intro there. Are you going to be able to help me design my arena? Yeah, from scratch. Yeah. Are you a gamer by chance, or is this, uh, is this something that's a new venture for you? No, I heard esports is big, so I'm starting to get into it. You know, I turn I turn 45 soon. I heard that it's an old man's game. Yeah, um, <laughs> something that you can just usually walk into and dominate right away, right? Yeah, I don't know about the playing side, but I would tell you that most of the folks out there building spaces now are definitely non gamers. So one of the things that esports supply really is a cornerstone for us is is helping these non gamers ultimately design and build authentic gaming spaces uh, simply and intuitively as possible. So uh, we're here to help. So when you say well, gaming well, spaces, yeah. do you mean like? Uh, you know, an internet cafe where people go and play, or are we talking about places where we have big tournaments or what, what are we talking about? It's a little bit of everything in between. Uh, so definitely have a, definitely have clients that are looking to do, you know, very similar to what you just said, internet cafe, uh, with some clients who are looking at us to help come in and do the big staging, a lot of the same stuff that you'd see maybe on television today for the big tournaments. Uh, and then really in this age of COVID, a lot of the most recent work that we've been doing has really been in virtual spaces, quite honestly. How do we bring in and tie in all these different people that may be at their home, geographically dispersed across the country? They're, they're looking to come together and play and have one sort of presentation and broadcast for that. So like I said, we, we really kind of do everything in between from uh, physical space, uh, virtual space, and uh, whether that's tournament, internet cafe, or like I said, just a broadcast. We're, we're kind of a one-stop shop for everything anybody would need to create any sport experience. I, I think before we get too far into this, Jake, because this is not uh, – th- this is, like I said, something – Uh, it's not newer. Uh, you ask if I was a gamer, I'm old enough. I I remember I had the original Atari when it came out, like new and like new in the box. And I remember what an exciting day it was when my dad came home with Ms. Pac-Man. So we had Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man. Uh, my neighbor, uh, I actively played the original Pong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for real, like it was wired into the back of his TV. It was like, you know, that was like rocket science for us. But You're old. I mean, that's my back. That, that's I know I'm old. That's my backstory with gaming. But what's your backstory with esports supply? How did you uh, how did you land in this business and, and career sure. path? Yeah, sure. So I'll kind of start from the beginning. Um, you know, to your point, right? I think everybody has some nostalgia memory if they think back to their childhood that centers around video games, right? For me, my earliest memories of my mother was sitting next to her while she was trying to beat Zelda. 
And then throughout my entire life, she's passed on. You know, I was I was always a kid that had to, to same to your point. I remember the first PlayStation, a little bit younger than you. So I remember the first PlayStation, the second PlayStation, and, and all the stuff in between. Uh, and it's definitely something that you know I've enjoyed. I have two sons myself. We we actively get on and play Fortnite together almost every night. So it's definitely something I think that it builds as the nostalgia goes. So I'm a lifelong gamer in that perspective. My career path and kind of the way to, that I've got to esports supply, I've been, you know, for the last decade, really ever since uh, I graduated from college, uh, working with startups, working for many venture capitalists here uh, in the area uh, as an operator uh, and also as an owner. And um, I've really just tried to position myself as somebody that's wanted to be you know, like you guys, like I wanted to be able to start and scale and sell off companies. And so, um, you know, starting a long time ago to then working with the guys that I work with now, we had a successful exit a few years ago from a company. Um, they went on to do some other really amazing stuff. I went off and worked in AI and a few other different technologies. Um, anyway, we came back together. Uh, a couple of years ago, they had a company that was actively out there as a technology brokerage firm. So, you know, working with clients like the Royals or Mariner Wealth Advisors. Um, and we really built up an IT business, really coming in and consulting on the front end to all these different technologies that create one solution, right? So if you think about a call center, it's got phone system, it's got a call center software, it's got oftentimes layered in a CRM, uh, different endpoints, computers, you know, desk chairs, kind of the whole nine. Um, after successfully, you know, kind of completing the mission, if you will, uh, on behalf of the VC for that business, he came to me back in July and said, I really want you to spend some time evaluating a company to start that you're really, really passionate about something that I think that you could lead and, and really take on and be an executive in, and kind of give you my first shot, if you will, in doing that. Um, and so for me, video games was a no brainer. It was something I was passionate about. I had a lot of history in. Um, coming from an IT and technology background, it was a really good fit for us. Uh, what I did, being here in Kansas City, being able to leverage guys like uh, High School Esport League and National Association of Collegiate Esports and even firms like Populous uh, that have a lot of experience with esports, being able to leverage kind of their knowledge base to be able to say, what's the marketplace missing today that if I just jumped on in the scene with a completely new business and a business model, how can I hit the ground running and be the most successful? And out of that really came merging the technology that we were already, that we already had with my other company, um, adding in a few specific, you know, e-sport, the computer manufacturer, stuff like that. And then integrating that together with professional design services is really what eSports Supply was born out of. Uh, and really helps, you know, we help a lot of colleges and universities that are looking to start an eSport program, we help a lot of just uh, private investors who are looking at de developing esports centers or gaming spaces. And then most recently on the broadcasting side of things, you've really put together, I think, one of the most unique portfolios of uh, products and services that uh, you would need. And then we just ultimately come through as the front end consultant, stitch all of that together and present that over as, uh, as one solution. Wow. I mean, I, I like... And I mean that like that's I still have this fascination with esports, and I think it's really cool because, you know, there I look around right now and there's no sports. Some of them are getting to start. The esports kept popping. And yeah. because of all that is is there a huge surge in people that are like, did we did the esports industry see is there a huge spike? I mean, is that statistically proven that over this last three months just people really turned back to esports. Yeah, I think while the rest of the world was contracting, right? If you look at, you know, if you want data, you just look at how much money the publishers have been making, you know, during this time when everybody else's numbers are down, they're just kind of skyrocketing. Even something, you know, on a more kind of granular scale, like, you know, a few weeks ago, if you would have popped into Best Buy or to Micro Center, right, you would have had a really tough time getting some of the gaming equipment. Because to, uh, you know, I know my investors did, I'm sure there's a lot of people like maybe even yourself that once COVID hit and everybody realized they were going to be, you know, quarantined in their house, one of the first things people went out and bought was new gaming equipment uh, to take this on. And to your point with the lack of sports, right, there's been a few initiatives, uh, whether it's what the Royals are doing, whether they're broadcasting video games with Ryan Lefevre now or, uh, you know, some of the other pro teams that we're out there that we're out there working with. They're all looking to bring are, in. Are they bridge, doing that? Bridge that Is in. that a real thing? 
that's a real thing and it has sponsors yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah and like ML and oh, like wow. MLS is doing this too, where like the, the sporting players are playing EMLS and they're playing like another team and, it's like yeah. LA Galaxy versus Sporting Kansas City, and it's players from the team yeah, playing. I, and, I saw that. Yeah, I and saw that like yeah. NBA or something. I it was it like Giannis, Giannis goes for eighty over the Lakers, and I was yeah. like, Wait a the NBA has been playing. And then I clicked it, and I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" But and I, and I actually watched it for a few minutes. It was like on ESPN or something, and it was like mildly interesting for me because there was nothing else to watch. So it was like, yeah. and the graphics are so good in the in the games these days too. So. Um, yeah, it was mildly interesting. I sat there and watched it for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, we've benefited a lot from from that as well. Just from uh, you know, you mentioned the NBA, somebody that we work with uh, to provide some technology for to to get that broadcast off and running. But to your point, like I think every pro team, we've had conversations with just a t- pro team from just about every league, right? And they're all they all come to us and they're all saying, how can we get into esports in a way that is creates some longevity for us? How can we take our 55, like the NFL, the average fan is like 55 years old. And I think it makes total, you know, one thing I think these uh, leagues should be trying to do is figure out, and everybody always wants to do this, right? Is create more content and stuff, right? Who would not watch Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson play Madden football against each other? I might watch that. Great question. I mean, mean, if I get, if I get to hear the conversation that they're having with each other, like, yeah, I mean, I, I would probably talking watch. And all, I don't right? know if I. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd watch it a whole lot. I mean, I might watch like a one-off if you see it like that. But then again, you know, when you look at, at any at all different types of athletes and public figures, like it's easy to say, oh, I'd watch Patrick Mahomes play. But I don't know. A lot of people are heroes to a lot of different people. So you, I could see a lot of micro audiences forming yeah, yeah, for sure. a lot of different stuff. I mean, I could see that being cool now. Um, you mentioned a lot of stuff when it came to like the overall design and things. Now, yeah. obviously, obviously things aren't the in-person realm, um, live entertainment, large events and stuff like that are pretty much on hold. I, I have a history in the music industry and all my all my mu- touring musician friends are singing the blues and the pun is intended there. So you know, with what you do is, and you mentioned, you know, possibilities of like virtual space and stuff like that. How is your business adapting or getting ready? Like, I mean, there's a, there's a survivability. I mean, we're looking at, you know, 18 months maybe for some of this stuff to really come back full force, but yeah. are, are you planning future projects holding on for dear life? Like what's going on at your office? In no, man, it's a, great, it's a fair and, and it's a really fair and great question. Um, you know, our model is, is fluid in the sense it's, it's very similar to what you would see at like a select quote or a spring venture group. It's just technology and esports is instead of insurance. Right. So the ability to forge new partnerships uh, has been something that's been a strong point of ours and has quite honestly allowed us to survive and thrive during this kind of period to your point we had in february and even into march we still had you know universities and private spaces that maybe have ordered furniture or we've ordered internet for them or we've ordered pcs right and you know one of our clients had to actually convert their space into a makeshift hospital they're right outside of new york city and we're backfill for the hospitals there, right? And so the ability for us to kind of divert and store stuff in, in different places uh, has been a value add for us. So from a physical space perspective, things had slowed down. But one of the technologies we had been sitting on, uh, like I mentioned, one that w- works with the NBA, uh, that technology was just primed and ready for uh, an event like this where they were able to basically create a virtual version of physical space and be able to, to do the same sort of thing that you would want to have from a tournament perspective, but do it virtually. Uh, and it looked really, really clean um, has, has been something that's helped us out a lot. I've actually expanded my team. So we've hit some revenue numbers. We've been able to hire up. I've, I've hired two people during this time and a lot of people were laying people off uh, and we're going to continue that throughout the summer. So it's, we've been able to pivot, um, but we're also in a position based on our business model to, to quickly be able to do that. So when it comes to, to setting up, like, and once again, go to eSports, and it's eSport Supply. That's not two S's. Um, 
and you can check out what they do. Now you do have arenas listed on the header of mm-hmm. your site. So that's clearly within the purview. And that's, yeah. how, you know, and I was joking about that earlier. Now I, I really don't make a habit of asking quote cost questions. Cause there's sure. a zillion answers. There's no real sure. way to do it, but like, I mean, really like what kind of, what kind of resource and expense is required to outfit an arena? That That's has a, to be a lot, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, you know, it's the, the answer is simply, you know, what's your ambition, right? Like if it is, I'm going to take this computer closet or this, you know, old computer lab I'm going to convert that and I'm going to have 12 people in there, like realistically 60, 70 grand, we'll we'll get it done. Uh, You know, but if you want, you know, giant staging and some of the stuff that you see on TV, like, you know, we're talking some of the proposals and some of the spaces we have are, you know, low seven figures. So it really kind of broadens. It's really a wide range. It just depends on honestly the technology that you need so you know computers on the high end run you know 3600 bucks for pc monitor and kind of everything you need to play on the low end set about 18. Uh, internet's going to be completely dependent upon what area of the country you're in and, and what you need to have i will tell you that uh, almost every facility is going to bring in some sort of dedicated fiber line usually sits around a gig or more uh, so you have that cost the furniture, um, relatively inexpensive, but uh, you know it's about 850 bucks to 1,000 bucks per person that you would want to account for. And then you know, on the staging stuff, right? Like some of that stuff, if you want, you know, a hologram world ceremony kind of opening show, like our partners did for League of Legends, that's five million bucks, right? But you know, that's also the type of stuff that gets you know 100 million people to tune in, and you can get a sponsor like Mastercard to to help pay for that kind of stuff. So it's just really just about the technology that you want to have, and again, it all just maps back to what your ambition is and how you want to differentiate your maybe your team or your organization or your esports league or, you know, whatever you're organizing versus your competition. We're really there to, to help people at least understand that maybe this guy's over, this is what this guy's doing over here. If you really want to elevate that and differentiate yourself, you may need to add this additional component. In, in my arena that you're going to help me outfit, how am I going to monetize that seven figure spend? I mean, is that through live stuff? that we're yeah, charging that we're selling tickets for yeah it's a combination of live events you know tickets right the door most of your big arena style stuff right even some of the stuff that like populace is doing and with the philadelphia fusion like that's a big giant you know i think it's even an eight figure for that space but uh it's multi-dimensional so it's not just going to be an esport facility and we see this in the college level as well they're primarily looking at is this call is this esports maybe mixed with uh can we do ted talks could we do small concerts stand-up comedy where can we really be kind of multi-purpose uh but most of our clients are that have the audience it's a little bit different story so for the audience perspective it is, hey, how can I create marketable assets, right? Mostly centered around content. So we work with a collegiate league, for example, it's gonna be rolling out a bunch of different stuff that'll be more of a series, right? So for them, they wanna, they've got a, a live audience, they got people that are tuning into their matches, their collegiate matches, and so they can go to a potential sponsor and say, I've got X amount of eyeballs, right? It's going to be this number for you to have inclusion of your logo in our broadcast, or maybe it's a whole studio, virtualized studio with their branding on it. So there's a lot of different ways to kind of make money off of it. But most esports dollars are made in, can you get, can you get an audience of really 18 to 25 year olds? And then what sponsors want to capture that? And then whoever's got the best, most kind of niche market in that has the ability to go out and strike those sponsorship deals. How does the we talk about the market for this. How does it compare the American market versus like Korea and Japan and, you know, other parts of Asia and stuff? How how does esports doing like around the world? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say where we are at in America is the demand f- from players. So, uh, and I'm talking really 18 and under is far exceeding the supply of opportunity where overseas, right? Like, the demand is high from players. The supply is high from people that are creating those opportunities. And then you've got a lot of more brands involved in that. Um, there's also specific games like in North America right now, League of Legends is the third most viewed sport in all of North America. It actually eclipses MLS 
MLB and NHL's numbers combined. But if you look at their player base and where it's even more popular, where it's like the number one sport, it's South Korea, right? And so I think esports, especially in a lot of those densely populated areas of the world, um, you know, quite frankly, it's probably some of the only true activities a lot of these folks can do where they can connect with other people. Again, I think esports and video games in general are a great connector of people. And so you take areas of the world where that's a little bit more endemic or you've got maybe manufacturers of the hardware or maybe even publishers of the game themselves located out of there. So I would say we're not a tier – the U.S. and North America maybe isn't the tier one. Um, we're lagging a little bit behind Asia. I think we're a little bit ahead of Europe, but uh, we're definitely catching up in terms of brand involvement here in the U.S. It's one of those things that seems like it's a big market. And there's a lot of demand for, it, but nobody nobody really understands it. You know, at least the general population doesn't really understand that. Like, there's millions of people that do this. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the toughest things I think uh, to, to get through to people. We talk to some colleges sometimes that they're like, "Well, what's the?" I go to college, public, you know, Power Five school that has thirty thousand kids on campus. They were they genuinely only thought there's going to be 12 to 24 kids in that entire 30,000 you know, people that would want to play esports. And then I just pulled up uh, Discord and showed them that they have a club team that they didn't even know about that had 300 members in it. And so that's the, the number one surprise of, I guess, non-authentic gamers, if you will, is just, uh, again, the demand for this is super high. And I don't know if you have kids, either one of you, but if you ask one of my sons, who their favorite celebrity or their favorite athlete is, you know, they're not going to say Patrick Mahomes or anybody that we know. They're going to talk about streamers of video games. It's a YouTube, yeah, it's yeah. a YouTube person, yeah. It's a YouTuber, yeah. My, and my kids are still my my kids are still stuck on Ryan the Toy Kid, yeah. so we haven't yeah. made it to <laughs> yet. But but that kid made twenty million dollars, yeah, like like last year or the year before. And then Ninja, isn't he like one of the He's like the guy, or at least he was, you know, d doesn't he make a comparable amount of money? It makes an insane amount of money uh, doing that, doing different brand activations and, and different well, imagine they, I imagine they pay him to show up at these tournaments. Yeah, yeah, or just to talk or get shout outs. He's sponsored. He has his own shoe, right? Like he's one of the first crossover esport athletes to, you know, essentially get his own. Everybody Adidas needs shoe shoes to play video games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it. I don't know how it relates to performance, but uh, you know, we we might we might need to get Jay from Urban Necessities to come in and assess the fashion points on that, and if there's a resale value on the Ninja shoe, because I have a weird feeling there is for some. There is. Yeah. Yeah, like Louis Vuitton did this. Uh, so Louis Vuitton did this activation with League of Legends, and they were selling, you know, like I don't know, like, art, you know, different articles from the game that, that had their logo on it. Uh, and it sold out in like 45 seconds Told you. and, you know, got thrown up online immediately after for 10 X the price. And so there's definitely, you know, there's a market Cap for it. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's pop culture, right? I think, you know, 15 years ago, esports was just for nerds and something that was, you know, probably a cult classic, if you will, for a lot of folks where, you know, it's hard to argue that it's not, you know, where hip hop is today. I actually think it's a lot more like hip hop in real sports, honestly, because it's got kind of a cultural aspect. There's fashion involved um, and, it, you know, something that was underground that's gone mainstream. And I think we're right now kind of in that first part of esports being mainstream. People that never talked about it before starting to talk about it. And I think people are like, wow, well, I guess my kid that was really good at baseball just wants to play Fortnite all day. Um, and there's college, there's college scholarships for that. He's got a much better chance of doing it that way, you know, getting an esports scholarship than a baseball. So I do think there's a, a shift that's, that's happening. I think we're in the early stages of it, but uh, I think it's only going to continue. I think it's been going on for years. Yeah. I think it's been going on for years. Cause you know, I mentioned, and I threw myself under the age bus, you know, and um, I remember my dad sitting and playing Atari with me, you know, we played yeah. asteroids and Pac-Man and, and stuff like that. And I just remember how, you know, my dad was way into Nintendo. He played Tetris. Like he might've played that thing, that game more than we did. And, yeah. you know, so, but if you went and told my dad about esports, he'd be like, and excuse my, what the F is that? You know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then, and then I'm, I think I'm kind of in that cusp, you know, cause I had, I basically had video games my whole life. And then you get Watson, who's 
seven years younger than I am, which you were fully immersed. Matt, you actually well, have an interesting story. What one of your first things you did as a programmer was didn't you have a didn't you build a bot or something that played a game for you? Tell, yeah. tell that story. It's a good one. Yeah, I mean that's actually how I really I mean I always loved computers when I was little, but that's how I really learned to use the internet is I was using a dial up modem to play text based like Dungeons and Dragon games. Yeah. And I actually wrote scripts that would automate playing the game, like run around and killing stuff and picking up gold sort of stuff. Right. And, uh, but I was actually the, I'm 38. So I was actually the perfect age of when all online gaming became a thing. Like our house in Missouri was in one of the first cities that had cable broadband internet. So like, you know, I remember playing like unreal tournament and stuff like that. Like some of the earliest, uh, online games and, um, I kind of grew up with with all that. That, stuff. that seven year difference between you and I is like an epic age gap, though, yeah. in the history of esports. Because you know, like I, I never, you know, I was well into my twenties before I ever saw anything where people were playing against each other online. Yeah. Like I remember, like. You know, I and I and I never was a big gamer, but you know, I played some. You know, I played some stuff. It was usually at friends' houses and stuff like that. And we were, and we had to go to each other to play. Yep. You know, and then they would all kill me when I got there, as opposed to later when they killed me online. I, yep. I, I mentioned this during the during the high school esports episode. If you're ever playing a multiplayer game and you see someone else's character in the corner just jumping and running like That's he's you? trapped corner that's probably me yeah i'm the guy that, i'm the guy that you kill and then drop a mushroom stamp on or something yeah, yeah. that's me I'm, and, i admit it but and now it takes a now, lot of uh, time to master this stuff and what and now like i have a 10 year old who uh a big part of his vocabulary is the word lag he brings he, he blames everything in his life on lag now lag <laughs> is that true yeah oh yeah it's always lag well, he died because of the lag yeah no yeah and they get all mad and they race quick. the struggle is the struggle is real people the struggle is real you know we talk a lot about a problem worth solving that is clearly this generation's way to get after it now there is one game that we can play we and we can do it right here we don't need the internet we don't need an arena we don't need massive processing power if we wanted to we could download the app for android or ios I'm talking about mixtape the game, people. That's right. I have the card, Matt. I'm going to let you look at it first, and you probably can't read it through our video. Good, because I didn't read it either. Jake, so you know, Matt has started a conspiracy theory. There might even be a website out there. He thinks that I cheat at mixtape the game. Not true. All right. I have pulled a card from the mixtape deck. I'm going to read a scenario. We're all going to name a song that comes to mind. We will vote to see who the winner is. This is old school scoring. We're going to use our hands and our fingers, maybe all a small right. piece of paper. Yep. Nothing fancy. Well, Your high score here can be, can be two. All right. The song you would play during your electric performance at the breakdancing world championship. Ooh. I'm going with jam on it. Break dancing. Yeah. I know what break right. dancing is. That's the whole point. <clears throat> How do you go? know what break dancing is? By the way, what and why you guys think about that, my favorite break dancing move is still the robot. Let's see it. Uh, well, everyone would have to hear it, but yeah, maybe later. I've been trying to teach my daughter how to do the worm. Now I can't do it. I would hurt myself immediately. Okay, Jake, did you have a submission? Yeah, so I'm going to go uh, Daft Punk one more time. Uh, I'm just going to vote for that. I give up. He won. <laughs> you literally can't come up with a song? No. Not for breakdancing. <laughs> you really struck me All right. as like, the ideal break dancer too. So I'm shocked at this. He is. Quite honest. Oh dude, he's got, he's got, he, when he gets it moving, you can't slow yeah. him down. I mean, <laughs> you know, he, it's the head spin. Um, that thick full head of hair that he's got is really good yeah. for that move. And that's also why I've got this bald spot forming on top of my head because yeah. you'll eventually wear through it. It's from break dancing without a doubt. Well, congratulations, Jake. With a score of two to nothing, you are the winner <laughs> of right. this round awesome, of mixtape the game. So, yeah. Now you talk about games, and games can be in uh, in a variety of different shapes and forms. Some of which are simple, 
um, some are not. What are the top games for esports competition right now? Yeah, right now, number one in the world is going to be League of Legends. Um, you know, computer multiplayer. That's been dominant game. for a while, right? Yeah, it has. It has so dominant that that publisher took them almost over a decade before they released another game because they've just been banking on the on that one singular game, and uh, it's one of the more successful across the globe. Um, it's also one of the most viewed esports. Right behind that uh, is Overwatch. A big part of their strategy was to put a lot of money. Blizzard put a lot of money and be making that kind of the staple esport. Um, but it's those are two that have what we call franchised leagues. So you know, I as a private investor can pay a bunch of money, get a slot, and uh, have a professional team that competes in that series. Uh, quickly followed by Call of Duty. Uh, which is another franchise league slot. Um, games that uh, I think deserve an honorable mention that aren't quite an eSport, but definitely have huge followings. Obviously, Fortnite's probably the biggest cultural phenomenon, specifically for Generation Z and younger that's, that's hit that generation. Uh, a lot of folks in the industry wouldn't call it an eSport. I would. I think anything that's competitive gaming uh, could be an eSport. I would even argue Tetris could be in that category if it, if it really wanted to. But uh, those are kind of the top four. Rocket League, which is uh, soccer with uh, cars, is a really popular game. Um, the biggest sports game title to eSport out there right now is 2K, uh, which is basically the NBA in a video game. Um, but those kind of round out. There's also some games like Dota 2 and Hearthstone and some more that are basically virtualized card games that have a really big following as well but um you know super smash brothers that's another big one out there as well so i always you know when i talk to colleges i always say you can't think of esports as a sport you gotta think of it as an athletic department right all the leagues all the games and titles have their own equipment have their own leagues that they can play in um and they all kind of have a different uh, way that they go about in terms of the tournament structure so um the industry is, is even though we call it esports it's it really includes just a ton of different games and different titles but those are the most popular by far you know one of, one of the most popular sorry go ahead go ahead matt You're... what so one of the most popular games for sure that maybe isn't a sport i wonder how how it plays into this is obviously minecraft yeah I mean, as far as like YouTube and like all of that, like yeah. it's obviously got to be like near number one, but the, but it's not really a sport. So does it, does it ever come into play in any, any of the stuff you do? Uh, the, it, it does, right. It's a little bit different use case than, you know, I want to have a competitive Minecraft team. It's more along the lines of how can I use this to create educational based content uh, is a big one. Uh, I'm with you. It's definitely one of the biggest games. I think the, if you go through the list of the highest paid esport athletes or gamers or streamers if you will uh i think two of the five that kind of it's like fortnite and minecraft kind of dominate the top 10 um i'm a big fan of why you know i think it's it's easy to watch easy to understand a lot of kids can play it they can create their own little worlds in there so it's not one that's I don't know if it has like a esport kind of tournament following or uh, even the structure to do that, but it's in terms of what we do, it's uh, usually uh, some school that wants to partner with a school of education or school mm -hmm. of communication, and they want to wrap up some sort of curriculum um, in video game or video game design, and so they're wanting to include Minecraft as a piece of that. Um, but it's not something that you know this. I'm building stages to no, do no, Minecraft yeah. tournaments sure. or anything like that. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, my kids live and die by it. So, yeah, it's a great question. I have a, co I have a couple questions. Uh, I have a couple questions that are somewhat uh, gaming worthy here, and these are a little off of the the normal track. But I would like to go around, and I'd like to know what all of your superpowers are. All of my superpowers. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, great question. Um. I think I am the rat. I heard someone dad. laughing there. I heard someone laughing in the background there. Like, <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. You have superpowers. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm the raddest dad of all time. I think that's my superpower. My ability to uh, just be a cool dad, connect with my kids, and devote a tremendous amount of time, and the ability to neglect my real world responsibilities to play with them. I think is a superpower of mine for sure. Watson, you better not be Googling superpowers right now. No, I know what my superpower is. It's really simple. It's making baby yeah, what's boys. That? 
Yeah. <laughs> True. True. I got Walking four of them with four sons. Yeah. How Dang, do you do that? that is a superpower in its oh. own right. Now, sure. I, but Matt, I gotta, I gotta tell you, my dad has five brothers, and that was all six kids were boys. So you've wow. got some work to do there. Yeah. Yeah. I think my superpower is creating hype. Um. It, possibly, you know, like promoting or selling or something like that. All right. Yeah. So then there's a follow up. What's your kryptonite? Ooh. Ooh. I would say, I would also say my superpower in some degree is a kryptonite because when I'm trying to get stuff done and I got a kid sitting here that's asking me to do something, like go outside and play, I'll, uh, I'll neglect my responsibility and go outside and play. So I'd say it's both a superpower and a kryptonite for me. Mine has got to be working too much. It's the stress of work. That's what really drags me down. It's got to be my kryptonite. You know, you're in life, your strength and your weakness often hold hands and walk down the street. They can be the exact same thing, yeah. you know, yeah. like Matt, you're talking about that. And I think that, I think that my kryptonite as well on some days might, you know, be what we joke jokingly refer to as entrepreneurial ADD. You know, you just, there's too many, there's too many things, you know, yeah. and, and I, that I've spent a lot of time over the last, I don't know, like trying to just always have a gra grasp on that. Try not to chase after all the shiny things. Okay. Okay. Wait, one, I got one more. Sure. One more, uh, uh, alternate or interesting question here. Okay. Jake, if you were trapped on an Island and you could only have one album with you, what would it be? That's a good, that's a really good question. Um, so I, it has to be one I own a vinyl of because I've, I've put a lot of attention into that. Um, it may not be the most popular answer, but it's definitely my answer. So I'm a big Drake fan and the take care album is something that we, I've, bought it when it came out i bought the, every digital i bought the cd and i've bought the now the vinyl so for me that at least will get me through living on a deserted island with no food and uh, no real survival skills what to speak of matt i get to do this one again have you done it again have you yeah. changed your answer um you know i'm gonna go with uh the old original nirvana album never mind uh, yeah Solid. that wasn't the original one that was like their fourth album yeah whatever <laughs> but that's okay it's his original um I, this answer changes for me it can flex over time uh although my my mainstay is usually 40 ounces to freedom by sublime if i, I get a little bit of everything in there you get some reggae you get some punk yes. you get some pop you get some humor you know so yeah there you go that would okay, be so, island one too yeah, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, you only get one. And really, it's also good to examine anything that's a double album <laughs> because I, technically that does count. So, okay. Well, all right. So as we, you know, we we end our episodes of Startup Hustle. And once again, today's episode is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a development team quickly and affordably. And while you're at it, Go to stackify.com, gigabook.com, mixtapethegame.com, and check out some of the other things we do because, yes, we have entrepreneurial ADD on many days. <laughs> Watson's making a, a, a face on that one. But we end our episodes of Startup Hustle with Founders Freestyle. Jake, congratulations on the success and the traction that you're finding going forward. Once again, go to eSports Supply to learn more about his company, uh, Jake, uh, during the Founders Freestyle, you get to drop about whatever knowledge or info that you want. So awesome. have at it. Yeah. So if you guys are anybody interested that's listening that wants a quick refresher on eSports or just wants to connect to somebody that is also a nerd but wants to talk about technology and, and all the cool stuff going on, feel free to hit me on LinkedIn. It's just simply Jake Zinn. Uh, check us out on our website, esportsupply.com. Uh, I do have a question for you, DeCourcy, because it's a startup that I actually started in. I know it's one that you're invested in now, but uh, we do have a connection point in, in, in uh, Roy Scott and NH3. So oh, yeah. uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to just throw that question back at you. I guess what uh, what's the what's you know, why are you passionate about H3's mission and uh, what do you see as the opportunity? And I'd be happy to kind of share what uh, I originally saw as well. 
You know, that's actually a great question. So, and Roy, who, if you're listening, you got to go way back to the original Roy Scott episode. I think it was episode five. I was actually, I, I was going to Watson. What was that called? Powder keg. Yeah. Powder keg. That was a, okay. So startup event. And you were presenting, right? Yeah. So we, I left with the office from the office with Matt and he said, Oh, come to this thing. I said, all right. On the way there, I got super car sick. Do you remember that, Matt? Oh yeah. Like you like, I did my car felt terrible. Yeah. And like Matt went to go in and I was like, dude, I got to like lay down or something. So I literally like tipped the seat back. I, I kind of passed out almost. I fell asleep. Next thing I know, my phone's ringing and Watson's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, dude, I'll come in. I, anyway, I made it in just in time. And I listened to Matt give a presentation and after uh, either before or after, I can't remember which one Roy gave his presentation. Now Roy has a very compelling story because he was, he filmed an episode of shark tank and thought he had a deal and six or seven months later found out he didn't. And mm-hmm. It sent him reeling. Now, with Roy's message, it was very compelling for me because I I worked in the music industry for eight years, and then I worked in the the live ticketing industry for another eight years. And music and has been very passionate for me. I worked for Roland at one point, and Roland is very uh, that's the world's largest maker of electronic musical yeah. instruments. And Roland is is way big into kids' education stuff. So when Roy was talking about healthy hip-hop, like it, it, it felt very familiar to me. I really liked the message. I liked what he was doing. I got to know Roy. Um, we had him on the podcast and some other stuff. And it wasn't until uh, – it was two years ago, uh, actually in this month, almost exactly two years ago, Roy called me up and asked me if I'd sit down with him and, and figure out why he wasn't getting funded. And um, so I did that. And it was a day and a half later when I realized that he was really onto something and he needed some guidance. He was making a classic ish uh, error of trying to be good at six things, but without yet mastering one. And I told him that and um, I, you know, I, I, over the next couple of days after that, I had a couple of conversations with Watson and I said, man, I really think we should, we could get behind this. I think it could be pretty good. I think it's going to be a lot of work, but I really saw the vision that Roy wanted to do. And, and the main thing was, is I really believed in Roy and, you know, Roy is, I love entrepreneurs with scars because, you know, it, look, Roy's had 150,000 reasons to quit by now and he hasn't. Uh, since, you know, Matt and I have made significant investment into, into H3, that whole platform, uh, he, Roy has continued to stack up awards, grants, different types of funding, very proud of him. And now he literally this week just graduated from Techstars Atlanta and Jeez. it's game time and yeah. Roy's getting what he wants. And I'm really excited to be able to work with him. I get together with him. Oh, at least every six weeks, sometimes, you know, sooner. And we talk about what he's doing and get into some different stuff. You know, I helped him design the characters, some of the characters they have and just some different stuff like that. So I've had a lot of fun with it and I really believe in what they're doing. I think that uh, healthy hip hop is going to be big. I think it's going to be a name brand in schools going forward and looking forward to selling it to Disney someday. (laughs) The company that owns Shark Tank that sent Roy later. So but overall, yeah, and I know you you have some history with Roy because you sent me a picture of you and him like a long time ago. Yeah. What's, what's your what? Yeah. What's your so I was a grad student uh, getting a master's in fundraising. Uh, Roy and uh, at the time the the magic man walked through the door, and they pulled up this video, and it was all of these kids that were just like enamored by what was happening, right? And I'm like, I got a kid. Why don't you give me that video DVD? Let me take it home. And I found that he was enamored by it. And so I said, okay, there's got to be something here. So I, uh, look, I just quit school. I quit my job. I took uh, whatever commission check I had. And uh, I talked Roy into driving around the country. We did 1 million cups. We went to South by Southwest. And we started knocking on as many doors as, as we possibly could to try to get anybody to listen to who we were, what the message was. Uh, we, we paired, you know, 1 million cups meetings with seed investor meetings with going and performing out of school. Uh, and I just kind of fell in love with uh, 
that was kind of my first jump in the startup world, right? Getting smacked in the face. Uh, you know, a couple of times to your point, right? We got burned by a few people who said they had checks for us that ultimately just didn't work out. And so um, it's really kind of full circle, I think, to see him, like you said, it's, I have a lot of respect for him continuing on and, and pushing forward. And I'm in the same boat. I think it's something that uh, I think the world needs. I think it's something that if you actually go to a performance and you watch him and you can see these kids and, you know, Boys and Girls Club Houston, for example, so not just Kansas City, but ones that we would just drive to that never heard of us. We had no brand equity with. And you see within the first 30 seconds, these kids' attention just, you know, go from all over the place to solely focused on on Roy and, and being able to hear his message and, and ultimately wanting to be like him, I think, when he grew up or when they grow up is something that I think is really powerful. So I'm happy to see that he's gotten to uh, a group of guys like yourself that can kind of help mold that and really make that into something. And it would be awesome to see it, uh, you know, be acquired by Disney or something like that someday to, to really help support the cause and take that to as many kids as possible, because I think it's needed, quite frankly. Yeah, Roy's kind of the 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 textbook example of of just, sometimes you just got to keep on keeping on. So yeah, so we took a detour on the founders freestyle there, Sorry Matt. But about very that. welcome and thanks. And no, thanks for asking because I think that's great. Um, you know, and by the time now we can go ahead and talk about this because by the time this comes out, we will have already announced that Roy is going to be joining us as a future host on <laughs> Startup. Sweet. Football. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, I can say that because I know this is coming out prior to the to the announcement episode. So, yeah, we've we've added some new hosts to Startup Hustle and you will. uh, Roy is going to be help us delve into the world of minority entrepreneurship because he has traversed those waters in so many different ways, all the grants, the different funding, all the different stuff he does. And, yeah, we're really excited to to add him to our family in one other way. So are, are you, are you, you're, you're pretty pumped about that, right, Watson? Yeah, absolutely. Um, excited to have him uh, helping create some podcasts and content for us and bringing his perspective. So it's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, Matt, did you have any founders freestyle input or I don't want you to feel left out? No, I mean, I think, um, you know, what we're talking about here today is, is cool. It's like a, uh, generational change, you know, of, of esports and all this stuff. And uh, it's really fascinating to think about how, you know, some things like this and people talk about like drone racing and other stuff yeah. and to see how these sort of things play out and, and uh, are, are we going to see them on TV more and more and stuff or, you know, wh- where's the future of this stuff? Um, I think it's definitely been interesting to see like the, um, the video game versions of NASCAR and MLS yeah. and stuff like that on TV and, um, you know, I'm not sure if I would watch people play League of Legends, but I don't play League of Legends, right? But there might be yeah. other games that I might would watch if I was a big fan. So, um, I mean, my little kids love to watch people play Minecraft more than they play Minecraft themselves. So it's it's fascinating and uh, just interesting to see how this whole part of it evolves. You know, one question I had for you, Jake, was uh, is there some way you can help bail out uh, like amc theaters and stuff in this mess right now where can you can you do a bunch of events at these theaters or bring people in like maybe, maybe you can help them out i don't know two things on not that. the worst idea not, not the, the worst, worst idea, idea watson Here, yeah here's where movie theaters have a, an advantage over everybody else i'm building facilities for is they've already got high-end audiovisual setups that yeah have a ton of light speed internet um, and they've got space and concession and food and bev, right? So yeah, I mean, if you went from AMC's listening, like I'm right down, the, we're right down the street in Leewood from you, like more than happy to I stop mean, by and at least try to help you guys out. Like, I mean, I think it could save it, it, but it'll it'll definitely help. From the sound of it, you might be able to buy AMC out of bankruptcy for a couple dollars <laughs> soon. So that's the really sad part about yeah what's happened with Possibly. coronavirus. They're just killed the movie theaters. Yeah. By the way, for my for my founders freestyle, I just want I just want to let everyone know that you should always listen to the entire episode because you never know when Master Watson's going to drop billion dollar ideas on people. Wow, I'm ready. Get me funded. Yeah, you know, but there, there's 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 always interesting opportunity with a lot of stuff. Um, and you know, overall, when it comes to esports, and you know, it's it's not something that I fully understand. I get it but I don't fully get it because I, you know, I'm not a gamer, but 
get it, respect the hustle. I think it's great. And I think overall, I think Jake, I think that you getting yourself in and around something that you're passionate about is key, you know, and, yeah. and if you get, pa- if you get people, passionate people doing the things they're passionate about, you usually end up with great results. So once again, yeah. man, thanks for joining us. Go to, go to esportsupply.com and you can learn more about Jake. Did you have another comment? Yeah, I was going to say, just to add to that too, uh, for anybody listening out there, one of the things that I think from from my journey that I want people to at least look at as an alternative to, instead of just jumping into straight to, I'm passionate about something, I want to start a business in it, is surround yourself with other entrepreneurs, surround yourself Go work at other, go work at somebody else's startup. Go create value for a venture capitalist because quite honestly, I would not have been able to get esports supply had I not started my journey with Roy Scott, moving on to working at Mind Mixer, working for guys like Tom DeBacco, working for guys like I work for now, which I'll keep them, I'll keep their names private. But uh, being able to surround yourself with people that have done that. That, that you can create value for, and then in return, they create value for you. And, and that's ultimately what's led me to be able to start what I'm passionate about. And so I would just encourage those that are thinking about entrepreneurship that are a little bit younger, like I was coming fresh out of college to, to jump into entrepreneurship first, try to find that startup that needs your help, uh, build as much value for them as possible, take those big risks along with, uh, along with those guys and uh, get those battle scars together because you're going to need them, to, uh, especially once you get something that gets a little bit of traction. As I'm discovering, right, it's the game's a lot different. So from, from one of the things I just I want to encourage other entrepreneurs that are, that are listening or people thinking about jumping into entrepreneurship, I strongly encourage everybody to start by going to work for somebody else's startup or a few of those other startups or a VC firm just to get a good understanding of, of kind of the operational side of things. And once you do that, you have a, a much bigger head start and are much more rapidly able to scale your company as it uh, as you get traction. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> not a, it's it's not a secret. Chase your dreams. See y'all next time. Later, man. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button. Then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.